Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Hope you guys are all having a great day. To anyone new to the channel, welcome. If you enjoy this video after listening to it, please hit that like button, consider subscribing, and leave me a comment. I love interacting with you guys, provided you're kind and polite. Okay, trigger warning. I'm about to talk about a young person who met with an untimely death. A new theory recently circulated on Twitter that one or more of the slain University of Idaho students were bullies and that their actions caused another female student to do herself in. Let me make it clear that the only reason I'm talking about this is because first and foremost, I'd like to debunk this theory if I can. The slain students' families do not need any additional pain, nor do they need people besmirching their deceased children's reputations, but it's also important not to completely dismiss the claims. We know that whoever did the four students in was full of rage, and the police have said that the crime was personal. So could these unverified claims by anonymous people be someone providing a motive for the students' deaths, as in revenge, for some perceived or real slight. Maybe. Is it also possible that these anonymous individuals could be the actual perpetrators of this crime? While it seemed at first unlikely, the more I think about it, it is a possibility. We know that whoever harmed the four students was filled with rage. What caused that rage? No one seems to know. It could be jealousy, the slain students were bright, beautiful, popular. Could it be the desire for revenge? Absolutely. It has always felt like whoever did this maybe felt dismissed or rejected by one or more of these popular students. Of course, it could also be a Ted Bundy-type perpetrator who targeted females he didn't know. And he, too, was filled with rage. But most of the criminal profilers I've heard talking about this case keep saying that the crime was personal and that the students likely knew their attacker. Let me make it clear that the bullying allegations are just rumors, and because they are intended to sully the reputations of four young people who just lost their lives to an unimaginably violent perpetrator, it is difficult to talk about the allegations or even acknowledge them. No one wants to be accused of further hurting the families. The people posting the comments are hiding behind fake names on Instagram and Twitter, so we don't know if their claims have any truth. And it's a very unpopular thing to do to four people who cannot defend themselves and to their grieving families who, as I said, do not need any additional pain. But I think the cops do need to find out who made those anonymous posts because they could be the perpetrators and they could have just exposed their motive. I know this sounds far-fetched, but don't you think the police are going to track down these Twitter and Instagram posters? I do. If you don't know exactly what went down, allow me to briefly explain. An anonymous Twitter user 
claimed that the four slain students' deaths are somehow connected to another University of Idaho student's death. The other student was Hannah Clare, and she passed away on February 24th of 2022. Hannah was supposedly an ex-roommate of Maddie Mogan's, someone who shared a dorm room with Mogan for a period of time. These anonymous Twitter and Instagram folks are claiming that Maddie allegedly bullied and harassed Hannah Clare so much so that Hannah eventually did herself in. One of the users wrote, and I quote, Hannah Clare took her life in February. She shared a dorm with one of the victims and got bullied. Her birthday, November 15th, end quote. So whoever posted that was trying to make some sort of symbolic connection between Hannah's birthday, November 15th, and the day the four students died, November 13th. In my opinion, this is a weak detail. If the perpetrator was really doing this as a way to seek revenge for Hannah's death, wouldn't the perp have committed the crime on November 15th instead? In my opinion, sometimes people try too hard to read things into these cases. So these anonymous people are also providing a motive for whoever harmed the students. Could someone have been so upset about Hannah's death that they decided to go into that house at 1122 King Road and do four students in as an act of revenge? I guess it is possible. The problem is that so far there's no tangible evidence to suggest that any of the victims ever bullied anyone. Here's what's most important to know about Hannah Clare's death. According to her father, Scott Clare, who responded to the rumors on Twitter, he's seen Hannah's autopsy and toxicology reports, and they indicate that Hannah died as a result of overdosing on over-the-counter sleep medication. Scott Clare tweeted, There was no evidence of foul play. Please respect my daughter's memory. End quote. I'm assuming Mr. Clare is inferring that he saw the quantity of whatever sedative Hannah took, and that quantity perhaps indicated an accidental overdose. We cannot tell from Mr. Clare's quote how much of the sleep medication Hannah took, nor is it any of our business. Foul play to me means that no one other than Hannah had a hand in her death. So maybe Mr. Clare is also expressing that whatever Hannah did, she did all by herself, and that no outside party is responsible for her death. I would also think that if Mr. Clare knew of any bullying that was done to his daughter, he would have been vocal about it. So, I am now going to trust in what Mr. Clare says. Unless these anonymous people come forward and share the information using their real names and faces— it's hard to put any weight into their claims. Maybe the people making the claims should be either proactive and go to the investigators, or they should be investigated by the FBI, who I'm sure can figure out who they are. Perhaps these accusers are the perpetrators of the crime. I mean, they are providing that motive. I don't want to completely dismiss this because we know that people do sometimes bully other people so much that it leads to the victim's deaths. This is particularly troublesome in children. 
According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, data shows that at least 3,600 children under the age of 13 died as a result of self-harm over the past two decades. Some families of these kids have said that their children were bullied to death. And I do recall the case of a beautiful young immigrant girl from Ireland named Phoebe Prince, who did herself in on January 14th of 2010. Her family later discovered that their lovely 15-year-old daughter, Phoebe, who'd moved with the family from Ireland to Massachusetts the summer before her death, had been mercilessly bullied by some of her new classmates. The story goes that after leaving a small village in the west of Ireland called Ardemish, which is nestled on the country Clare coast and moving to the bustling state of Massachusetts, Phoebe had trouble adjusting to her new school, South Hadley High. Coming from a small village with a small school, Phoebe was overwhelmed by the high school's whopping 700 students. It didn't help that South Hadley had a reputation for being a tough, grim type of town. Graced with a fetching face and a soft Irish brogue, Phoebe was immediately a standout in the corridors of South Hadley High. But unbeknownst to her and her family, the school had a network of alliances and cliques, and it also had a very serious problem with bullying. It was the kind of place where younger kids would be slammed up against lockers, and the student parking lot was something of a war zone with fights between warring factions. It wasn't long before newly arrived freshman beauty caught the attention of a popular older guy, a senior, who was named Class Flirt in a poll of his peers for the yearbook. Phoebe and this guy went out for about two weeks, and the brief union was a bit of a social boon for young Phoebe. What freshman would not be flattered by getting asked out by a senior who was popular and on the football team? What Phoebe didn't know was that the boy who had fancied her was deeply embedded in the clique of the pretty popular girls who would later become notorious as the untouchable mean girls of South Hadley. This reminds me so much of the mean girl movies, but only on steroids. These older girls were not amused by this Irish freshman coming into their territory and daring to go out with a guy who was described as a prized alpha male. This apparently was a serious breach of school protocol, Freshman girls did not dare to date senior boys, so these mean girls to the hundredth degree concocted a plan to rein Phoebe in and basically destroy her. But that was not their only goal. These girls wanted to force Phoebe to leave their school. So Phoebe went from being the cute new girl with the cool accent to persona non grata overnight. The bullying took the form of Phoebe being stalked in the corridors. People would sidle up to her and knock her books out of her hands. Even in class, Phoebe could not escape her attackers. She'd be sitting there and then get hit with a barrage of pencils. Soon, there was no safe zone for Phoebe in the school, and the staff who had to have witnessed some of this abuse said and did nothing. 
So Phoebe was on her own to navigate these shark-infested waters. These girls even passed Phoebe's cell phone number around, and soon Phoebe was getting tons of threatening messages. On Facebook, she was being further humiliated and called the worst names imaginable. Behind her back at school, some of the students began chanting, Irish whore. I mean, you can imagine how horrible this was for this girl newly arrived from a small Irish town and being subjected to the worst behaviors imaginable at school, a place she can't really escape from and a place that she should be safe at and feel safe at. As the weeks passed, the bullying escalated, and on January 14th of 2010, it all came to a head. Phoebe had been hysterical all day and had even gone to the school medical officer. Later, as she was walking home from school, a group of girls screamed insults at her from the window of the car they were in and threw a can of Red Bull at her. Phoebe just kept walking. Later that afternoon, Lauren, Phoebe's 12-year-old sister, made the tragic discovery. Phoebe had done herself in in one of the clothing wardrobes in the family home. Lauren dialed 911, but when the paramedics arrived, they were unable to revive Phoebe. Phoebe was supposed to attend the winter dance two days later, but instead of dancing in the new dress she'd picked out for the dance, Phoebe wore it as she was laid out at St. Patrick's Catholic Church in South Hadley. In her obituary, her family wrote, Phoebe was gifted with exceptional beauty, but that is not important. She was gifted with a sharp and creative brain, but that is not important. She had impressive artistic talent, but that is not important. What her family and friends from both sides of the Atlantic grieve is the loss of the incandescent enthusiasm of a life blossoming, end quote. At first, Phoebe's death was treated as just another unaliving event by a depressed teen. Surprisingly, it was a group of Phoebe's classmates at South Hadley High who exposed the truth behind her death. They set up a Facebook page entitled, Expel the Girls Who Caused Phoebe Prince to Do Herself In. Well, they didn't use the verbiage, do herself in. Instead, they used the S-word that YouTube frowns upon, but you get the idea. This Facebook page soon exploded, and in no time it had more than 20,000 members, including Phoebe's brother Simon and several of her friends. Another Facebook page was also set up. This one was even more accusatory, entitled, we murdered Phoebe Prince. It listed the names of four specific girls behind most of Phoebe's bullying. One of the four girls had the cold audacity to respond to the post. She wrote, it was her own fault, end quote. The same girl later tried to join some memorial groups and anti-bullying groups perhaps to try to blend in as a nice girl after her horrendous treatment of Phoebe. In mid-February, the community held a public meeting at which passions ran high. Hundreds of parents called for the classmates 
who had been involved in driving Phoebe to do herself in, to be removed from the school. They had collected more than a thousand signatures for a petition demanding action on the part of the school board. The long and short of this incredibly sad story is that it was eventually determined that Phoebe Prince had been driven to her tragic end by a campaign of unrelentless bullying by nine of her classmates. The bullying had consisted of verbal abuse, physical attacks by both female and male classmates, and mental abuse. The behavior of these nine students was so egregious and so well documented by other kids at Phoebe's school that the nine Massachusetts classmates ended up being charged with unrelenting bullying of Phoebe Prince. The then Northwestern District Attorney Elizabeth Scheibel called Phoebe's death, and I quote, the culmination of a nearly three-month campaign of verbally assaultive behavior and threats of physical harm, end quote. An investigation revealed the depths of the bullying directed toward Phoebe, and it was clear that the bullies had designed a plan to humiliate her and make it impossible for her to remain at that school. These girls were so jealous of Phoebe that they wanted to drive her out of the school, and eventually Phoebe could no longer tolerate it. In the end, six of the nine students were indicted on charges connected to Phoebe's death. Three of the indicted students were girls, and they were charged with violating Phoebe's civil rights, criminal harassment, and disturbing a school assembly. Two of the indicted students, a 17-year-old male and an 18-year-old male, ended up facing essay charges as well. Criminal complaints were filed against three other students. Phoebe Prince's story is a worst-case scenario. It involves not only one bully, but at least nine that we know of. But it also shows that young people can take extreme measures when they're bullied. So when someone raises the question as to whether a young woman who died of an overdose may have done so as a result of bullying, it does need to be taken seriously. But let me stress again that in the case of the four slain Idaho students, so far, there's no evidence to prove the allegations made by anonymous people posting on social media that Hannah Clare was bullied by any of the victims. And again, even Hannah's father is saying these rumors are untrue. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, please hit that like button, please subscribe, please share this video. And please have a wonderful day. Stay safe. Be kind to yourself and to others.